Hello everyone, this is Songs from a Room, an intimate singer-songwriter showcase where I, Bob Palos, invite very talented artists to the podcast for a one-on-one. We'll learn a little about each artist, what inspires them, what brought them to play the music they play, and the moments that led them to write the songs they wrote. Then finally, to play me a song from a room. comfortable ready to go yeah we're all comfortable ready to go all right you know we're uh yeah um we're here in my apartment uh with morton millen uh hello morton hello uh we're gonna find out about this amazing musician i've known for a number of years um yeah let's see where, where to start here he trucked through some winery mix to get here uh from where's what neighborhood do you live in um, on the lower, well, the East Village. You live in the East Village? Yeah, St. Uh, Mark's. Yeah, thanks for coming here. St. Mark's, man. How long have you lived there? Oh, a very long time. <laughs> <laughs> so you've seen, uh, you've seen the changes of... Uh, seen, yeah, oh, it's, yeah, yeah. Seen different, uh, it's different lives. What's one big difference you think about uh, St. Mark's compared to when you moved in to now? Um... It's easier to park. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> really? Easier, huh? And it sounds counterintuitive, but it it actually is. Why do you think well how so? I think because um so many people come in from out of the area. Yeah. And they grab all the spaces in the evening. Yeah. And then so late at night, block's half empty. Yeah, I never really thought about it. They've gone that. home. Yeah, after seven PM. Yeah, they've all gone well, after you know, they've gone out to dinner or whatever, gone to bars, clubs, yeah. whatever. They've left. And uh, it's kind of curious because um, when uh, when the neighborhood was, uh, well, it was mostly, I guess, like families and mm-hmm. so on. I mean, it was, so a lot of people had cars and they would park their car and they never moved it. Yeah. Know? So the weird thing is, in so many ways, the neighborhood has just feels the same yeah you know like when i walk out in the daytime it doesn't feel so terribly different but of course you know it's that whole thing of being mobbed with people at night that's yeah. it's kind of extraordinary you know yeah it's uh it's a busy little street i mean you used to come home late at night and it was like nobody around yeah not anymore not anymore so you lived in you've lived in New York a number of years, but you're you're born in England, right? Yes. Yeah. Um, what's the name of your hometown? Corby. Corby. I mean, what was Corby? Corby like? North Hans. Um Corby. Um well it's it's kind of an odd place because uh it, it it's pretty much all been built since the twenties, thirties. Yeah. Um, and a lot of it is post-war, so it's like housing estates and so on and so forth. Because they, uh, the reason for it, for it, for its being essentially, I mean, it was just a tiny little village, and mm-hmm. then they they discovered iron ore in the ground. So, oh, boom! So uh, this Scottish steel company, Stuart and Lloyd's, built a steelworks there, and then all these workers came down from Scotland during the Depression. Okay to get work there. So it's pretty much populated by Scotsmen. 
It's a little piece of Scotland in England. Yeah, and it's in the middle of this, you know, bucolic English countryside and these mm. little market towns and little villages, little stone villages. Yeah. And there's this kind of like blight, you know. Just like smack. Was just like beam down. <laughs> it's, well, it, that used to belch, you know, black smoke. And, oh, yeah. You know. Back in the, the Coke works. Yeah, the yeah. Coke. Right, I mean the... Uh, yeah, I grew, yeah, I grew up in a steel town, too. Coke ovens, right. But yeah, man, yeah, Bethlehem Steel was... Uh, I saw, like, the tail end of it, but it was still, like, definitely... Lawn furniture was, like, covered in soot, <laughs> you know? Right. Uh, but, you know, that, that ended, like, when I was a kid. I think the 80s, they all started shutting down. Yeah, that's... I think that's when um, Corby went kind of belly up. And then mm. it went in, into some severe depression. When I first went back... Um, after coming here, because I was here for a number of years and before I made a trip home, and um, it was shocking. It yeah. Was, it was... Just belt, or, uh, boarded up doors? Or? Boarded up houses. Yeah. And, I mean, I mean, buildings, the houses that when I was a kid, I'd played on a construction site while they were building them. Yeah. Were now... Dilapidated. Bur- either burn, burn out or boarded up or whatever. Mm. It was grim, you know. Yeah. The the cinema was a bingo hall. <laughs> um, and it was pretty bad. Those were the Thatcher years, you know. Yeah, the Thatcher years. I was just a visitor at that point. At that point, you were uh, living in New York? Yeah. I was living in New York. You grew up in Corby. Uh, were you playing music as a kid in Corby? Um, yes, actually. I got a guitar when I was 10. Mm-hmm. Um, it was just a uh, little sort of plywood nylon string guitar, you know. Yeah. Um, it was it was fine. You know? I mean that that got me started. And I got it for Christmas, and then um, and then I I saved some money and uh, I bought. It was kind of like a. It was kind of like a, a. It was sort of like a Gibson Hummingbird, but um, it was a Japanese made one. There was a lot of great guitars. Japanese made it back in the 70s. Yeah. So it was like inexpensive, you know. I think it was like 40 pounds or something. So what, $60? Wow, yeah. Um, and then I used to play, um, you know, there were a bunch of little pubs and stuff. Mm-hmm. And my brother and his friends, my older brother and his friends were sort of into this little scene. And they used to have like um, music nights. Uh, the grammar school, uh, they kind of ran the cricket pavilion as a little club. And so they, they would get a keg of cider or something and then, uh, you know, hard cider. And uh, they'd put on, you know, a bunch of musicians would come in and do some songs. So I used to do that. So that it was kind of, it was a lot of fun. Yeah. And I played around places like that. But then when I went off to art school, it's kind of curious because, I mean, everybody, you know, started bands in art school. My little brother uh, was in a band and uh, they were signed to Two-Tone. Um, really? Yeah. And uh, that was when, when he was at art school. But when I was at art school, it's curious. I mean, my year in art school, I didn't know anybody who Which, so uh, much as played an instrument. What school did you go to? Uh Kingston School of Art. Oh, okay. In London. In London. Yeah, so I kind of uh, dropped out of the... I always had a guitar. 
always yeah. had that guitar. But uh, just kind of just tinkering with it, leaving in the. Corner. I wasn't really like yeah, and I was always like uh, on the music scene in some way. Yeah, uh, in, interested in what was going on and so on. But um, but it just was you know it just wasn't the thing that was happening. Yeah, know, you know, sometimes for a long time, and I, I didn't come back to it really a little over a decade ago, I guess. You know. Yeah, sometimes it just needs to marinate, or you know, the yeah, you got your whole life, <laughs> you know. Yeah. Uh, well, so then you you think you started hitting or like getting back into music, like when you moved to New York? Um. Well, no, because I mean, I've li- I lived in New York, and then I went up to California, mm-hmm. and actually, when I when I got to Los Angeles, I bought a guitar. Um, another actually seventies uh, Japanese made. There they are again. (laughs) A really nice guitar. I still have it. Um, And uh, I, I always had the guitar, and came back to New York with me, and then you know lived here for years and years. And uh, but I didn't really, you know, I didn't go out playing. I, you know, every now and again I would sit around and maybe uh, come up with something. You know, yeah, a song here or a song there, but it wasn't wasn't like that there wasn't a uh sort of continuum to it you know? yeah yeah you weren't driv- as driven as no now I, I feel like i see you all, uh all over the place yeah i just try to play as much as i can and and i just you know i've gone through periods of just cranking out songs yeah i love your because your uh your style is very uh i like to say you're if uh david lynch adapted a steinbeck novel <laughs> oh right no, but I mean, you have a very uh, ominous uh, writing style that I always liked. You know, that's. I think maybe we should for the listener. We'll just uh, jump right into one of your songs. Uh, do you have one in the in the in the pocket? You ready to sing, or is your hand all right? He he did fall down the steps uh, last night. Yeah, yeah. I I went uh, skating on the subway steps, and I it happens to the best fingers, of us. My fingers turning black actually. Can you like. make a? Fist. No, I no, I just tried playing, and I I can play okay. <laughs> okay, but it's it's just a little stiff. If know? I didn't need to put this out tomorrow, I'd say you can. Maybe we should. But I <laughs> no, really... it's fine. It's fine, really. Uh, okay, uh, here, let me get this. It's not a. Uh, it's not debilitating. So, uh, what's the name of the song you're going to sing for us? Um, the gravel side of life. The gravel side of life. All right, let's hear it. Might be through But you know baby That ain't the way That it goes with you And the reasons that you take Are the reasons That I give 
If allegiance you must fake, well, you know that ain't no way to live. Goodbye and a heartache. Hello, trouble and strife. The promise with the day you break leaves me on the gravel side of life. China, oh, you know, <laughs> I'd really love to go to France, but their merits appear minor to your invitation to the dance. Are we swayed into the night? I thought that the darkness had passed through But when I first saw the light Oh, you know, it did not shine from you I could see the hairpin coming Right in the edge of a knife With the open throttle humming I skidded on the gravel side of life When it all Hit the fan You know I saved just what I could Fragments of a plan That I guess Was no good Somewhere you must be dreaming of all that can be had. Oh, are you still scheming? Oh, you know that's just too bad. Once I had a lover, she became my fair weather wife. Duck for cover Ran like hell from the gravel side Of life
us with the humbuckers humming. Yeah, I love it. <laughs> I love it. Old P90 humming. Oh, yeah. All right, let me. Oh, I like that hum, actually. It's yeah. kind of, you know it's working, you know. <laughs> the gravel side of life. We definitely felt it. <laughs> felt the gravel side of life? Yeah. I mean, did you write that while you fell down the steps last night? <laughs> <laughs> I could have done. Yeah. I could have done. So, Actually, it's funny. Uh, the, um, I, I was, I think it was out at, I think it was out at Daily Press. We were just hanging out outside, like having a smoke or something. Oh, Daily Press is the uh, that that's an open mic in Ocean Hill, right? Yeah, in Ocean Hill, and uh, somehow, uh, oh, we got we got to talking. Um, you know, um, uh, Deep Voice Jimmy, right? Deep Voice Jimmy. Oh yeah, okay, yeah. Yeah. I never referred uh, to him as Deep Voice Jimmy, he's but he's got this really like deep voice. <laughs> yeah, but that's yeah, kind of amazing. And it's it's like it's intense. I mean, it's intense. So we were just talking about like having, you know, that his was the ultimate gravel voice. Yeah. And so we got into the, and and somehow the line came up. The, uh, the gravel side. Gravel side. Uh, yeah, we're on, we're on the gravel side of life or something. I think Jimmy might have said it. And I was like, whoa, that's great. I'm going <laughs> to steal that. <laughs> and let's and then the next song. week I came back with a song, you know, because it was like, oh, yeah, that's a great line. That's great. Yeah. I love it when you get a line like that, gravel yeah. side of life. I just said it, you know. So you wrote that song in a week? Yeah, it pretty much was like, it was very, uh, it was self-writing, essentially. It kind of wrote itself. Sat it out and it, it came together. It just came together somehow, yeah. And um, yeah, it was cool. I mean, yeah. So typically, like, so like, uh, is that usually how it goes? You think, or do you like sit and try to crank them out? Um, I know. I never. I never really sit and try to crank them out. Uh, I would say, oh. I don't know. There's not really a method, especially. Yeah. But I mean, that's one way that it happens. Is you just? I mean, it wasn't just a line. It was this whole, whole idea. Yeah, the know? vibe. The whole vibe. Yeah. So that it gives you a lot, mm -hmm. um, and that can happen. You, you know, you just get that one line, and it's like the hook. Or maybe it's not. Maybe in the end, it's not even the kind of hook. It's the. It's it's the. A little piece. It, it could just be the intro, it could just be the first line of the song, or it could be somewhere in the middle of the song. But it somehow gives you this atmosphere, and you you kind of imagine the rest, you know, and just build on it. Yeah, just let and, it try to formulate. And then usually I just mess around. I'm just messing around on the guitar. Sometimes the whole thing comes into focus in one shot. You know, like you wake up in the morning and um, uh, and it's just in my head. You know, more or less like. Uh, both words and music. Then other times, you know, I just got something that maybe I've been playing around and I'm liking the way that it sounds. And then um, uh, uh, it could hang around forever. It could hang around for years. Yeah. You know? I mean, it, it can hang around for decades. But, um, but there's never quite the right song that needs to go to it. So, you know. It just sits and waits for it. Yeah, I mean, I, I there was one thing that I wrote when I was um, about seventeen. It's probably about the earliest thing that I can think of that I actually wrote. 
and it was purely instrumental. And um, there was never a song that worked with it. You know, it just didn't. It just never. didn't seem to 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 uh, generate a song. Yeah, couldn't um, find the feelings of the words. It, it just didn't have it. I don't know what it was. And then it was weird. I had I had this dream, and there were. Um, two or three verses, I can't remember exactly how many, two or three verses, but they but they actually didn't belong to even to the same song. Part, part of them was a song which I essentially dropped into the middle of the, of the instrumental mm-hmm. piece. Uh, uh, completely a different melody, everything, but it, but it worked. It was like an intro and then an outro and then I just dropped the song in the middle. And then I had another leftover verse that had nothing to do with the other verses. Mm-hmm. And I realized that that was actually the last verse of a song that I wrote again decades ago. Yeah. That always had like two verses and it was like there was no... Uh, it, 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 I, I knew there was another verse that needed to be there, but I had no idea what it was. And it, I didn't try to write it or anything. So I just used to play it the two, two verses and then leave it hanging, essentially. And, um, and then this turned out to be the, the final verse. Oh, wow. And that was all in like one go, and it was, it was almost like a dream or something. After you know? decades of waiting, huh? Yeah, well, you know, I mean, it was just sort of hanging around there. Yeah. I wasn't, you know, trying to, what's to the, do anything. What's the name of the song? Um, it's called A Rose. Oh, okay. Um, actually, I recorded it. When I on my album, oh yeah, on. it's on your uh, album on Spotify. Or? Yeah, excellent. Uh, and so it's on uh, Bandcamp. All this stuff. and Spotify and all. Uh, let's hear that one. Oh, if I can remember it. <laughs> <laughs> well, we can give it a shot. Well, okay. Um, so you'll hear the intro and the outro, and that's really what I started with, and then the song is in the middle. A rose. I think I got it. I got it. With the rose between your teeth And my heart a fallen leaf like so many on the ground A coming snow A rustling sound Wait for time to take its toll Moldering beauty free my soul The heavens gray and dark Bitter wind, tree limbs stark, life and death is all the same. Call me winter, call me spring, call me just about any old thing with a rose between your teeth.
right. Yeah. I'm glad I that- was pretty close. <laughs> <laughs> I had to slide into a couple of chords there because I wasn't. Well, you know, you know it, like, it looked like he did it on purpose. <laughs> I, I, yeah, well, actually, yeah, I did it on purpose. <laughs> what, what, what I meant to say. Anyway, so that's basically, you know, like the intro and outro. So that was the original thing. And that was actually the result of the only guitar lesson that I ever had. Really? Yeah, with this guy. When I lived in London, when I was first down there, I was like about 16 or something. Yeah. Uh, 17. And uh, I was living at my older brother's place in southwest London. I was, I, I, I was down there like in the summertime. And... Um, and I met this guy, this young guy, um, and I think, I think it was because he had the same motorcycle I had, Royal Enfield. Somehow I bumped into him, and then he, he was a classical musician. He was a classical um, guitarist. And uh, so he, he was going to give me a lesson, like, you know, I mean, this is what he did. You know, he gave lessons on the side sort of thing. And I thought that would be kind of interesting because I, I had my own... I have my own kind of style, which is kind of like an opposing thumb and first finger picking style. Mm-hmm. I went to this one lesson, and and he uh, he gave me this this little piece. Uh, um, uh, it's like the it's it's one of the simplest you know songs that you can possibly learn. I mean, it, it's called like a little Spanish town or something, and it goes down, 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 and so on. And uh, so that was my homework, you know, to come yeah. back the next week playing this thing. And then he started tinkering with it? And yeah, so then, I, but it, it, you know, I just completely kind of riffed off that. And yeah. It went, I mean, in the end, it's not, I mean, it is a, a variation in, yeah. in a sense. Um, and so I came back uh, the next week and, uh, and I, play, <laughs> I played what I had worked out and he just smiled and he just said, oh, I don't have anything to teach you. <laughs> it was really funny. It was sort of like the weirdest kind of, you know, backhanded compliment. I wasn't quite sure whether it was like, you're clearly a hopeless case or uh, just keep doing what you're doing. Yeah, could have been, could have been anything. It could have been anything. Or he's but- like, I can't match this guy. Well, it was, I mean, he was a great guitarist. I mean, yeah. I, I- So you're self-taught. Do you like use books or anything or just like through learning songs and picking them apart basically i uh, i've just uh, either learned by example by you know like one of my brother's friends learning from mostly it was just like listening to i mean you know i had um i think the first record i bought was bob dylan's um highway 61 no no not highway 61 um uh free will and bob dylan and i just used to play it you know, and the stereogram, you know, it was like one of these big pieces of furniture mm-hmm. with a speaker in either end, and it, had, it was super stereo, the you tank. know, how, how separated that sound is. And I would lie underneath with my head on the carpet, just, you could hear the guitar in one ear almost, and you could hear, you know, the voice in the other one. Yeah. And then I would just have the guitar, and I'd just be trying to figure out what, you know, what is he playing? The, the result of that was really that I... I had versions of um, of Dylan songs, but years later, when I l- listened back to the original song, I realized it's 
nothing like the song because <laughs> yeah. I just didn't know what the chords were. I mean, yeah, sometimes yeah. I was making them up and sometimes I was just using whatever chords I had. So I thought, well, that's okay, you know. I, uh, yeah, my my dad taught me a couple songs wrong because he'd learn. He was he was an always an ear learner. So like, but then you look it up on the internet, and you find out it's a different chord. <laughs> yeah, totally different. Yeah. Or you know, um, I mean, obviously you could be playing it in a different key. That's one thing. But yeah. but I mean, sometimes. It, but in a way, I mean, I suppose in a way uh, that was that was actually writing, you know. <laughs> yeah. You just didn't realize it. Yeah. And, yeah. and there have been songs that I've um, used the version of... Uh, the song you thought it was? The song that I thought it was. Do you have... Should we... Listen, do you have an example of one of those? Well, I, uh, yeah. Let me think... Um, I mean, this is actually, if you think about, because this was on that album, uh, um, Girl from the North Country. Okay. And I, this is the song, and it, it's my own song. It's uh, about my horse. What's it called? Um, the Great Divide. The I wrote it when he died. Oh, your horse. What do you see when you cross that divide? Do you still hold what you held inside? Is it just nothing there with nothing there to hide? What do you see when you cross that Divide. Do you still dream of mountain and plain? Is it all different or is it the same? The sweat rising off you and the flash of your mane. Do you still dream of mountain and plain? Am I still with you? Do you even care? So high above me in the fresh mountain air? In a new green pasture will we be a pair? Do you think of me? Do you even care?
That thunderous sound to which the earth yields You play like a drum at the fall of your heels Swift covering ground of Elysian fields That thunderous sound to which our hearts yield Your head on my lap at the side of the road You drew your last breath and you lightened the load I looked into that deep dark eyes you left that abode You never made the river cross the meadow by the road With your head on my lap At the side Of the road That was, that's a beautiful song. Thank you very much. Oh, yeah. I bet it was a beautiful horse, too. It was a beautiful horse, Johnny. That one's for Johnny. Based off what you thought a Bob Dylan song was. Yeah, well, I used to play it sort of uh, like, uh, you know, like, if you travel in North Country Fair. Oh, yeah, yeah. I had no idea about this B minor thing. That was the thing. That's the thing that was really missing. Oh, okay. It was G, B minor, C, I guess. Yeah, C. Actually, because I was doing A minor, C. What's a, uh, well, your song is, you, you wrote a beautiful song. Out anyway, of it. but that's, that's, that's sort of how it. Yeah. Out. That's, well, I mean, it's a great song. Um, yeah, you're, so your horse had passed away. Uh, that's right. You had a horse in upstate New York, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I, I had a horse farm up there for twenty years. Yeah, man, it's been a beautiful, uh, it's been a beautiful horse. Because uh, that song it, it could be about a horse, it could be about a lover, it could be about you know, but the the love is there. Um, yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's, it's a good, yeah. it's a good song. Um, yeah, it took a little while before I could play that song. It was like a little too too close to home. But I I did write it right at the time. I mean, right right after he died. And he he uh, he did go. We were out riding. Oh really? Yeah, he was good. Right up until um, the end. But the last his last year, um, he wasn't quite coming around. You know? Yeah, and uh, it was. June already, I think. Yeah, June. And I was still trying to build him up a little, you know, put some a little bit of weight on him and and uh, take him out and work him and try and, you know, try and get some muscle built up. Yeah. Um, his condition was just, was not the best. Yeah. He wasn't losing his coat properly and... Um, from the winter, he still had patches. Oh yeah. So he was looking a little, 
But he, you know, he was still good. And he was just raring to go. I mean, you know, I'd saddle him up and he'd be He's chomping ready. at the bit. And <laughs> we went off down the road and uh, he literally, uh, uh, he just he just went, you know. Yeah. I don't know what it was, like a heart attack or something. And so no, it's an old horse, you know. Yeah, he was just, uh, he was old. I mean, I'll never know what it, what the actual event was. I mean, but it could have been any number of things. But, um, and, and actually that day I'd just gotten uh, the results of um, a blood test for him. Oh, yeah. Vet, and I called the vet and they were, they were like, well, everything looks fine. You know, he doesn't, it's not showing like there's any, he's got any real problems, you know. And I said, well, because I want to take him out and, you know, take him for a good ride. And uh, uh, and they, and she was like, um, oh, yeah, that'd be the best thing. You should do that. You should do that. And, of course, um, he went. And, yeah, he might have survived if I hadn't taken him out. No, I mean, but but on the other hand, you know, it, he, he went doing what he was going to go. I yeah. mean, let's face it. You know, it was it was going to happen pretty he wanted, sooner than later, and he wanted to ride, and he wanted to ride, and he, and he went like you know. I mean, what 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 better way to go is there than that? I mean, I would love to go like that. You know, he he was, um, he was doing what you love to do. Yeah. Well, thanks for sharing that with us. Yeah. Um. Yeah, man. Should we c- close up on any? Last thoughts about music, you. Is that song on? So is that song on your album? Which one? Uh, the last one you just did. No, no, that's not on there. No, because yeah. I recorded the album before before that. Mm. Um. Well, thanks for sharing so, it on this podcast. I mean, oh, was, yeah, you're welcome. Yeah, I almost don't want to end. I feel really cozy. <laughs> yeah, I guess. Thanks for. Again for coming on. I'm, I guess I'm just gonna keep thanking you. <laughs> <laughs> just keep thanking. You. Yeah. No, that's this is Morton Millen, man. He's he's a he's around New York. Uh, you know, check his stuff out on Bandcamp, Spotify. Uh, thanks for listening, everybody. Uh, thank you, Morton. Well, thank you. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Uh, thanks to everybody uh, who's listening. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you all. Keep on listening. And- Thanks for listening. This was Songs from a Room. Thank you to Ben Shapiro for providing all the theme music. Any inquiries, just email us at songsfromaroompodcast at gmail.com. Stay tuned, dialed up, and downloaded for the next episode. Bye.